0: Oh, we are live. <laughs> I'm not paying close enough attention. So um, I this is Sleepy Reader here. I'm doing a live hangout with one of my absolute favorite podcast hosts, Masterminds, um, Eric from Longbox
1: Review. Mastermind. <laughs> my, I'll take it. <laughs>
0: my new name for you. I got tired of calling you the Podfather. The Podfather.
1: <laughs> I, I like that too. He's
0: only the Podfather in that he inspired uh Matt and I to do a podcast. But I invited Eric here to talk with me about DC because I have pigeonholed him as a big DC fan. And I've been thinking a lot about DC lately. And so we're going to talk about maybe a little bit about DC's past, about where it is right now and where it seems to be going. Um, Just in an informal chat. So I'm actually on an upswing of my DC love. But maybe we should start, like, one question that we were just starting to delve into before we went live is, is DC Rebirth over? It seems like it's over, I guess. I don't know. It's not officially over.
1: Yeah, it the whole the whole uh, DC reboots, and I showed Damien a list that I wrote down just uh, of my notes before we started, but, you know, we had Crisis, then we had the the post-crisis dc universe and then we had um what the flashpoint right flashpoint slash new 52 right and then then they did this weird thing called rebirth which is still new 52 but with some changes
0: the theory was that because well presumably dr manhattan had fiddled with the universe that now we could bring back any part of dc continuity Post crisis, I assume that we want, um, and we saw a little bit of that, I guess, for a while. But now it's hard to tell if we're seeing very much of that.
1: Well, yeah, and, and rebirth seems to me. I look at it, it; it's a bit of a retcon of of New Fifty Two. So then, right. you know, we're playing with that whole reboot, soft reboot, retcon, whatever, whatever terminology you want to throw at it. Um, but it's, it, I, I think we're just in a this weird post uh, rebirth excitement. um which what now that happened three oh years ago. was it has it been three years? I think so, or has it been two? Two and a half? I, I was thinking about just over two, but I you know, I don't I don't recall exactly. Well,
0: I remember you and I in September, two years ago, were talking about the beginnings of rebirth. So I think it started. Yeah. Okay. You're right. A little more than two years ago.
1: Mm-hmm. It was pretty yes. quick
0: for it to kind of fade away in a way. But, well, uh,
1: but, but has it faded away? Uh, it, you yeah, know, cause, totally. cause they, I mean, they took away the branding yeah, for sure. Uh, and you know, they're just telling stories. But uh, beyond that, I think, uh, like I said, we're, we're in this kind of post rebirth weird soft reboot thing because they just did the the um, uh, the the Dark Knights Metal event, and uh, jumping out of that was a pardon pardon the pun a rebirth of Justice League titles and some and reshifting of things. And as you're holding up there,
0: new age of. The New Age of Heroes, which is actually labeled Dark Knight's Metal under yes. DC, the DC Universe there. Yeah,
1: that, that was weird to me. But, right. but yeah, we get a bunch of new comics, uh, a bunch of creative teams shifting around, most notably on the Justice League uh, titles. Because now we have not just the Justice League title itself under new creative control, but we have the Justice League Dark, Justice League, what is it, Odyssey? Right, which Justice League still- Odyssey. I don't think I've read that yet. <laughs> Has it come out yet? I don't, I don't I know. It may not have come out yet. <laughs> I I know it's coming, I just don't know uh what, what's going on with that, but
0: and we got this sort of bendis verse of Superman all of a sudden. Exactly. So we yes. have all these things going on, and it seems um diffuse, maybe. Like there was a moment in rebirth where the whole universe was perhaps supposedly under. One overarching story, and now there's kind of the the metal stuff is kind of an excuse for a bunch of stories, like with the uh, Justice League Dark. They exist because the Source Wall has changed something about magic, um, and that that kind of stuff. So it's kind of a plot MacGuffin, the whole metal thing.
1: Yeah, and then you get then you get uh, holding up Titans. You know that also came out of. Uh, Dark Knight's Metal. Oh, right? does it? Because, okay. because this is, this is kind of a a a fourth Justice League title in the sense that you have a bunch of Justice League related characters dealing with a particular res, uh after effect or result of the source wall issue. Right. Um but it's not to me it's not a Titans book. It's a it's a weird, it's like um, uh, Justice, what was it? Justice League Task Force. It's it's more like that. For, uh-huh. that so for it's for the more like
0: a sub-Justice League book. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, Omnitron said, I think the second we get the JSA officially back is when Rebirth is over. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I would like to get them back. <laughs> to me, the, he, and he also says, to me, the issue Rebirth had, as in the trouble it had trying to get rid of the new 52 is like if post-crisis tried to backtrack six years into its existence and go back to the pre-crisis universe. So it is this kind of universe is laid upon universes and somehow you want to line them all up and it's hard to do that. To me, the other issue is that uh, rebirth was introduced very well by Jeff Johns in mm-hmm. a one shot that implied that the story was gonna be continued relatively soon. And instead we got little dribs and drabs. We got the button and now we have Doomsday Clock, which I am not reading, but I'm following what people are saying about it. And it sounds like it has, hasn't got anywhere near to bringing us back into that storyline yet.
1: Yeah, I am reading it. It's, it's, it's a bit bizarre. Because uh, we're now, I think the seventh issue was just released. I, I'm actually getting it next week, I think. Uh, and what I've heard about that seventh issue is that they're they're finally starting to touch on some of the the multiversal aspects right. going on with it. But so far, the first six issues have just been, oh, we have we have this this interdimensional crossover between the Watchman universe and the DC universe with some characters going back and forth or at least coming to the DCU. And and that's been about it. It's just been this weird, I don't know, it's a weird thing that had it come out perhaps more on time, more timely, maybe that could have kept up that momentum, that excitement about whatever it was they they introduced at Rebirth. But here we are, two plus years later, this year-long thing um, has yet to conclude. And Timing is is really the problem here. If there had been
0: something within the first year of rebirth, I think that tied everything together and gave us a like a spine of how to understand rebirth properly. And then all the other writers could have built on that instead of them kind of I feel like some writers have had to sort of stay in neutral as they wait for Jeff Johns to see what he's gonna do or something. <laughs> meanwhile, Jeff Johns kind of his position at DC changed, so I don't know if he has as much influence over things anymore. Um, maybe as more or less. I really don't know, but I know his uh, his title changed. He's certainly not in charge of the movies anymore. And I think he's going to get his own label, his own pop up label.
1: Yes, yes, uh, yeah. Travis and I have talked about that on on my show about his his label and what they what he named it. And I've the name escapes me now, but it it doesn't uh, engender a lot of goodwill on my it had part. Had a very uh, negative kind of title. Yeah, very. It's it's very it was a very the Killing Zone, I think that's the phrase that's popping in my head. Uh, that could be and, it. And I know, you know, Jeff Johns has that reputation about killing characters off, um, much to uh, certain people's chagrins, uh, mine included. But uh, so, yeah, I'm I, not, not excited about this. I, I And I will say, too, that uh, uh, speaking of that kind of darker tone, I mean, Doomsday Clock for certain has a much darker tone than the tone of the comics that are coming out month to month or, you know, twice a month in some cases, uh, that's currently being published by DC. So it's, it's, I, I, I don't know. I don't know about you, Damien, the, the older I'm getting, the less I want to see of this dark and gritty crap that keeps reinvading comics, especially DC. And I was
0: really liking Rebirth because it did have a bit of a lighter tone, especially mm-hmm. compared to some of the new 52, you know, with with variant variations between different comics, which is which is great. It's like when everything has a dark tone, I'm particularly um, unhappy about that. Yes. So, well, but I am actually feeling, I feel like DC, the main part of DC is continuing in a fun tone, and I am having quite a bit of fun. Um, so if you don't mind i'll i'll mention some comics that i'm enjoying right now by dc yeah um and one that's kind of standing out at the moment is (laughs) buckman yes um, with really amazing art by um brian hitch it's really bringing me back to brian hitch which it's been a long time since i've really been super excited over brian hitch maybe just out of over familiarity but he really He's having a lot of fun drawing this wild uh, roller coaster ride of a story that that uh, Vendetti is writing for him. Mm-hmm. So it feels like kind of a a star turn for an artist in a good way, you know, without without uh, it being over, you know, over about too much about the artist's ego and not about story. There's still a good story there, but it's letting the artist sort of go wild with his imagination at the same time.
1: See, this uh, Hawkman is a perfect example of what I thought they were trying to accomplish with the New Age of Heroes books, which uh-huh. is artist-driven. You know what? However, you want to define that. I, I think DC maybe didn't really define that well for themselves. Yes, and, and that's why we get we got because uh, I, I read most of the those New Age books and and spotlighted uh, the ones I read. Yeah,
0: there's an excellent series of podcast episodes that people should check out where you spotlight (laughs) the first issue of a lot of those.
1: Yeah, and it was just this weird eclectic mess for the most part. The only two that I've stuck with, uh, and really only one of those I think has any kind of real potential, is Terrifics. The other one is Sideways, and I'm only sticking with Sideways right now because of the Grant Morrison connection Ah, with the, the Seven Soldiers. Uh, a victory that storyline there's an annual coming out very soon uh
0: writing the annual and, and he, yes
1: exactly he's co-writing it um I, that's i i think uh i think do, was it Did damien did you did you and i talk about this uh when we when uh we were at rose city comic-con about the sideways is probably only gonna last up to issue 12 for us or Right.
0: Uh, well, I thought it's, I thought all of these are about to be canceled. I know some of them <laughs> already are slated to be canceled at like yeah. issue six or something. I think the, chall- the new challengers is slated mm-hmm. to be canceled already. I saw, I saw something in DC Nation on their checklist where it said final issue Okay. for that. And I feel like there's a couple others I heard were already canceled. I'm hoping, so I just last night, you probably haven't gotten Terrific's number eight yet. No. Um, but it was really good. So the last two issues of Terrifics with uh, Dale Eaglesham as the artist, maybe finally they found an artist who can work with this artist first system better. Um, so it's been these last two issues of the Terrific has finally clicked for me.
1: Oh, you you uh, haven't been enjoying Doc Shaner when he's he's done some issues.
0: I like Doc Shainer in general as an artist, but I didn't think the story was any good in those issues. Oh, okay. I
1: well, mean, I'm yeah, not. The, yeah, the Terrifics is kind of a weird thing because. This whole contrived notion of them having to be together, right I don't think really works story wise and and so the the characters aren't meshing, in other words, and we're already well now eight issues in. I only have up up to issue seven. yeah, and we're still they're still not, I don't know, gelling. Uh, and you know, so w- while that is a a uh, a specific narrative choice you can make um to evoke, I guess fantastic four. As as they've been trying to do with that particular book, it, it also you run the risk of alienating your readers, right? And I think for me that's the problem. It's not the adventure that we're getting in the book, because uh, I think that's you know kind of kind of Gonzo sci-fi type stuff that they're trying for. Um, and I, I agree with you. Uh, Eaglesham is is a highly qualified artist to to evoke that kind of a. Um, feeling in me so that's good but you know given given the i don't know i mean this book is not it's not being published twice a month like some of the other right. dc comics right but but we have had several different artists on this already
0: i think, think eaglesham is the
1: fifth is it really I'm the fifth, fifth, fifth one wow that's crazy
0: but with issue eight like i i enjoyed i had hope with issue seven and with issue eight i really enjoyed it but a lot of it was their interaction with tom strong and his cast of characters.
2: So
0: that's <laughs> the Um, I noticed like with some of the earlier issues even with um doc shaner That the pacing was really off like they might start with all the characters sitting around thinking and then have action Start on page six or something And if you're going for that old fantastic four feeling you have to sort of explode on the splash page And then maybe backpedal to some character moments as the action gets moving Um, which we are getting more with dale eaglesham. So Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't. It might be that they changed the way of doing it. Maybe finally Lemire is is has more control of the boat, or maybe Eaglesham is just a better pacer of stories than the other artists were.
1: Oh, I, yeah, he he's he's particularly good. Uh, I, I want to bring this back around to wh- where we started with this with Hawkman, yeah. though. So that was my point. It's like it's right. Uh, that was your point. Uh, they, yeah. you know, they Hawkman seems to be the realization of what they I think were attempting to do with with uh, um, a new age of heroes, but you know, that could be like you just said, that could just be that, you know, hitch is just a phenomenal artist. I mean, his visual sense is, is mm, almost unparalleled. I think in, in the way that he draws panoramics, uh, location shots, you know, just, it's just incredible. And then he does some really cool designs. He does
0: really cool designs. Um, He's, it's very well colored too, which helps. And uh, he, he also, he seems to love the aerial balletics of Hawkman. I think. Yeah.
1: yeah they uh, he and Venditti, I think are really creating a Hawkman for the ages here. And I, I, I don't know. I, I am, I am totally in love with this book. I, I, I did it. I did a focus on it on the first issue, not too long ago myself. And boy, I, I have rarely been as as excited about a particular new hero book uh, as I was Hawkman, so I'm 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 all for it, and I highly recommend people pick it up and and, and read it. Go buy it so they keep going. <laughs> so so I could be happy. <laughs>
0: hey, hey to comics with Bueller. Hi to Samuel Trejo. Two other people have joined us along with Omnitron in the comments. Omnitron mm-hmm. says I wish Doc Shanner was the artist on the upcoming Shazam. Oh Is yeah. Is Eagle the con- the artist
1: on that? Yes.
0: So he'll be leaving Terrific soon if Terrific doesn't just go away. <laughs> Eaglesham will be good on Shazam too, but Doc Shanner would be wonderful on Shazam. Um, hopefully they're smart enough to bring him in whenever Eaglesham goes away.
1: Yeah, maybe maybe Eaglesham and, and uh, Shanner should be like the, the tag team duo at DC that Comics. That would be great, like
0: a three issues by <laughs> each. So, um, yeah, so we both love Hawkman. And yeah, there should be more DC Comics like Hawkman. But the, the Terrifics, if it continues and continues to get better, has potential to sort of be on that realm. There is a really, well, you don't like Word Balloon, the podcast, but I, I don't think you like it. I've heard you complain about it.
1: I, I listen to it, depending on, on, on who he's interviewing. But yeah,
0: A week or two ago, there was a great interview. I thought, I haven't finished listening to it, but at least part of it is great, uh, with Brian Hitch. Yeah. yeah and he I've been mentions to that, that he and Vendetti had been talking about Hawkman for a while. So I think they met each other. So there may be a friendship there that helps this or a professional relationship that helps this be a good book. And it's not one of the ones that's officially artist-led. But I'm guessing since he's a star artist, he might've asked for Vendetti as the scripter.
1: Well, it's definitely a good pairing, however however it came to be. Because uh, ben, I think, you know, because uh, talking about favorite books, I mean, this is no longer around, but the the, the Green Lantern Corps book that Venditti was writing that just ended, uh, what a month or two ago, I think. That was fantastic. In fact, that was probably you know that was my top three DC book, uh, one of my top three books from DC uh-huh. at the you know the entire run of that of that uh, rebirth title. <clears throat> yeah. So having him go on to Hawkman was just like, I will I will follow Venditti wherever, wherever he goes because he's he's just a phenomenal writer.
0: Yeah. Yeah, DC should hang on to him and maybe give him a little more shine a little more of a spotlight on him. They kind of kept him in the background. They don't talk about him so much.
1: Yeah, that's unfortunate. See, I I wish he would have taken over Justice League.
0: <laughs> I would I, I have with Scott Snyder stuff, I kind of wait for trade. If Venditti were on it, I would jump on it. Um so what are your other favorites right now? Or is there only one other favorite?
1: Uh well you know it's it's kind of a where's my book uh, you know I, I, I guess the obligatory i have to say you know batman uh, the <laughs> tom king batman uh-huh. um uh i just had this is my most recent issue i know the, uh 55 came out um and there's some big thing having to do with nightwing right. and you're two
0: weeks behind because of the way you order your Yeah products, yeah, yeah i'm, I'm usually
1: yeah so um I, I, we talked about this on uh, a recent episode of my show, you, me, and Matt, for the Rose City Comic Con wrap up. And, and, uh, we, we had a we very kind interesting
0: hack you about Batman yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> drunkenly.
1: <laughs> but that's okay. Cause, you know, but, I, but I, you're I loving
0: it. Batman, and that's great. I mean, to me, actually, you know, Matt hates it absolutely, but I just found it so uneven that I decided to take some time off and read it when Tom King's done, read his whole run or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that that's that's a perfectly uh, good way to to experience it. Um, I I I'll take exception. I don't. I, maybe we should talk about this at some point down the road. But uh, I think it's been pretty even. I don't. I'm not sure where 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 you're coming from with that. So I'm very curious about that. Well, yeah. I mean, I,
0: I think I've probably on the when Matt and I were talking about it in our podcast about it. If you went back there, you'd kind of see where I'm saying. Some issues work better than others, and maybe I. Was oh, gonna,
1: oh, that's true. Yeah. Hopefully, I, I would give examples
0: that. of some issues that really just threw me right out of the. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, I'm in the story. I'm in the story. Suddenly, I'm thrown out. And the the worst example was issue fifty, which just really did not work for me and yeah. knocked me out right when I needed to be in. If you know what I mean, because that was the special hyped issue. <laughs> and yeah, I get that long. Yeah. Um, but, but I appreciate Tom King is always sort of playing with the form. And I, I love that. So that's why I do want to go back and read the whole run. um, Well, speaking
1: of that, if you don't mind, um, there's some stuff in the DC nation magazine. Sure. Uh, number four for people following along at home. Right. If we have
0: time, we were hoping to kind of delve into a lot of that. So what, what were you thinking about?
1: Well, I think what you just said, uh, uh, leads into this really well this so this is the letter from uh as it says dc publisher dan didio uh the i know he's not a dan favorite to, here there you go he's not a favor of, of a lot of people um I like but it. there's some yeah there's some things here that he said that i think kind of play into what you just said and so um i'm gonna read I re- read a little bit of that as a reader, I found that the stories that hooked me and made me a comics fan always contain great action, adventure, and excitement. But the best and most memorable also contained the character moments and emotional beats that stay with us long after the battle's end. Uh, a little bit later, he says, big bombastic stories and character-driven emotional stories aren't mutually exclusive. And uh, later, again, he says, that's what's, that's what's great about the breadth of the DC universe. You can do a story that's big and loud and noisy, <clears throat> Justice League, but still have the character and emotion at the heart of it, Batman. That's the pure essence of comics. We hope you enjoy that journey as much as we do. So I was curious uh, what you thought of that, Damien. It sounds great. Yes. And uh, And...
0: <laughs> And I over, I mean, cause I'm very positive about DC and overall, I think Dan DiDio has a lot of good ideas along with some bad ones and he's, you know, not my favorite writer, but, um, but I think that's a great way to put it. There's, there is a lot of big bombast and there is a lot of emotion at the same time. To me, the best comics combine them well um, and keep the story flowing without me stopping and saying, oh, here's the issue where they do the emotions and here's the issue where they do the action. But I can appreciate it at at multiple levels.
1: (laughs) Yeah. 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 I think it's value. I I think they're doing that. That's what, I mean, Uh, there's certainly, I can recognize that they're trying to do this. Uh, The problem I, I, I think though, is that they let they let certain uh, events, and I, I mean events that, like, with a small e, not not like the big event event type thing, right. get in get in the way of that. And I'm I'm looking squarely at DC uh, or Dark Knight's metal. Uh-huh. Um, I'm not saying that that was a bad event, that was a bad series, and the fallout from that isn't necessarily inherently bad. I just don't know that it was well thought out. It was. Yeah. I I, I kind of get the sense. And anyway, if you've ever if you've ever been to a con and and heard and seen Dan DeDio speak, I mean the guy is just I haven't. He's he's like a bundle of energy, like uh, um uh waiting to explode in front of you. <laughs> I mean his his excitement for his job and for the 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 products that DC produces is quite evident. And to that to or to that degree, I I I respect the guy because he's he's you know he's <laughs> he's kind of like Stan Lee in that he's he's the guy hucking um uh DC comics. He's he's trying right. to promote them to the best that he can, all that stuff. But but my just this is just my personal opinion about this. Uh I kind of think they, you know, somebody gets a great gets an idea. Whether it's great is up to you know people to decide. But somebody came up with a Dark Knights Metal. I assume it was Scott Snyder, right? Yeah. and then you know I'm sure like the Dio and others at the company are like, "Ooh, run with that. Let's see where they go." And then somehow out of that came the New Age of Heroes books, and uh, with this this uh, the the artist driven um, concept and this trying to duplicate Marvel characters and ideas for yeah. some reason instead of you know maybe playing up the DC ideas, uh, uh, but then you also out of that peripherally you get uh these well i don't know i i can't say that i can't say that for sure but because hawkman followed all of that you know i think perhaps dc is open to trying new things depending on what it is and who's involved so it it would be nice to know i i guess i need to go figure out what the origin of hawkman was was it the writer artist doing this was it was it result of things coming out of well no it was i'm sorry i was forgetting they did feature Hawkman in dark knight's metal and so that was a direct result of 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 that right and his
0: awareness of his uh reincarnations and Mm -hmm. he's now looking at reincarnations Mm -hmm. off planet and all over the place i don't know Mm -hmm. if some of them are in other dimensions but they appear to be um so your description of DiDio kind of gels for me what this ball of energy that's so excited over things. They get so excited over things. They hype them to the max, like uh, the, the new age of heroes was all over the place with giant ads everywhere, but then they don't always follow through because they've got, they're too excited over the next thing.
1: Yes, yeah. Very- so it
0: is that kind of <laughs> hyper child thing, bouncing from one excited idea to another. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like they need they need Dan Dio to be matched with some like really sober, dull person who's the follow through person. I
1: thought that was supposed to be Jim Lee. I suppose, but I don't think
0: I'm. I i do not have a great opinion of Jim Lee's judgment on things. Mm. Um, I think he's he's uh, obviously good at a, a good set of skills, both being a businessman and a and an artist. But I don't know if he's. Like a great idea man and a great story person.
1: Right. He's he certainly fits the bill though for the, the more stable uh, stable, level right. headed. Yes, He's as a person, you're right. You're right. And perhaps perhaps without him,
0: Didio would maybe things would be a lot crazier without Jim Lee. Maybe Jim Lee is the rock that keeps things floating along. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Although to me, the um the new age of heroes, I know Didio is very involved with it. But it really smacked of Jim Lee wanting to return to his glory days of early '90s Marvel and then Image Comics, where the artist was everything and writing hardly existed, and all of that.
1: Yeah, yeah and it certainly, and, it certainly lends it that that theory certainly lends itself to yeah. to right. Jim Lee's um, what's, what's that word? oeuvre? ouvre, right? And the <laughs> first the first round of artists, because I've gone
0: through so many artists, the first round of artists were all people with a very 90s based style um in my mind you know not not in a bad way but there was a 90s quality to a lot of them Mm -hmm. um so yeah i've I've got we've gotten off track you were talking about the heart and the bombast um another favorite of mine that is a lot of heart or psychology or mind is mr miracle Yes, Um, I haven't read issue 11 yet I have it but I haven't read it yet but I've been despite some frustrations of trying to figure out what's really going on I've really been enjoying the way Mr. Miracle just plays with the elements like crazy and yet behind it all if you've read all the New Gods comics by Jack Kirby in a weird way it's faithful to all of it even though Mm -hmm. it comes off as entirely different than anything Jack Kirby would have ever done
1: yeah, that's been a, that's been a wonderful Tom King, Mitch Garrods playing around in the DC universe in that particular fourth world area, right? And just kind of turning it on its ear, but like you say, being faithful to the the, the core concepts, and that is always the challenge of anytime uh, DC wants to do some sort of reboot, right? And rebirth was supposed to be that promise to us, as as the fans, as the readers, was you know we're, we're gonna we're still gonna play around. I mean, we're for some reason we're committed to sticking with the new fifty two, but we're gonna tweak it now, uh, uh, for whatever reason they decided to do, to do that. Um, but but still still move forward.
0: So uh, oh, David. I don't know how to say your name. Blaze, David Blaise points out DC Nation does an exceptional job of getting the hype for upcoming series and the DC universe as a whole. I love that Mag. And I do too. Of four, you know, publications hyping up comics. This was the best one in a long time. They really, they really put a lot of work into it. There's stuff in there that even if you aren't interested in hype is still interesting, like breaking down of how a page was done or what is my job at DC and all of that kind of stuff is really cool. They, they've, for a free magazine, you know, it's not just some pictures and saying, buy this comic. Um, So I feel like DC is doing a lot of the right things compared to say Marvel, right. You know, in recent years in terms of trying to reach out to the fans and trying to, you know, give a good, give you something for your money um, or give you something free in the case of DC nation.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: The one other comic I wanted to highlight that's currently going that I'm really enjoying. And again, I feel a little guilty because I read an issue you won't have gotten to yet. Um, justice league dark with issue three. I had some issues, you know, justice league dark was kind of a myth. It was a book with a lot of potential and the potential really got achieved with issue three. Oh, good. Um, so I really loved it. And talk about it containing the big bombastic story and the personal story. We got a really some really good personal stuff about Zatanna, and then this huge bombastic battle fight and kind of a revelation about Wonder Woman and things like that that were really cool. The story, you know, that at least this arc wrapped up in three issues, but is opening us up for more later to come, um, and sort of really served as a great sort of beginning of this team so i'm super excited about that
1: um that's excellent because i i have been (laughs) lukewarm uh in my response to this particular book but i've 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 not read three um but uh, I, i i will admit that issue two did improve upon issue one for me so i'm very pleased to hear that it that it's uh it's getting better
0: yeah so i think all this you can tell that tinian loves these characters and he thinks about it a lot and all of what he was putting into place, I think is now coming together. I'm not sure why uh, underneath there, it says new justice. Is that a kind of a line mark, demarcating everything in the justice league family?
1: Yeah. I think so. Just, just to, just to say here, here's the justice league after dark Knight's metal. What did the Titans say on it? Did
0: it say anything underneath or did it just have like a Titan symbol or something?
1: No, it just has, it just has the logo. Uh, so that's that's interesting um, that they they decided to do that. So any any other ones you want to highlight or talk about of, of current books? Well, um, there's there's Catwoman, and really, uh, I, I only want to highlight that because um, uh, it's Joel Jones writing the book. And also in this opening arc, at least, uh, she's drawing it as well, at least most of it. She didn't do everything here in in issue, I have issue three. Uh, There's another artist that did some flashback stuff, but, you know, that's kind of typical these days. But, um, you know, Catwoman's not necessarily a character that I have gravitated towards over the years you know she's a she's a she's a fine supporting cast member of, of the batman books but not uh,
0: best as a lead character for you yeah
1: but i also know that that uh darwin cook did uh, a run on the character a while back that i heard was excellent i have the trade i haven't read it yet so i shouldn't really Me say too. those I've things meant to read that one yeah yeah exactly but joelle jones is certainly one of those and I'm I'm gonna say this because it's gonna tie into something else I wanna I wanna touch on later, Damien. But Joelle Jones is one of those creators. She's not just an artist. You know, she I have several of her books that she's done her she's written and drawn herself. Um uh most notably Lady Killer recently. Uh but you know, if, if I know she's gonna be on a book, I'm gonna get it. That's that's just the simple fact of it. Yeah. um Um, i don't know about the the longevity of this book though i'm I'm i assume
0: it's you know one of those books that's probably just a mini-series till it ties back into the batman plot line
1: Mm. and i I, in
0: my backlash against batman 50 i dropped catwoman after the first issue although i loved the art and i thought the story was fine but it just felt tainted to me so again i'll probably read it sometime in the future (laughs) I, mm-hmm. I love Joelle Jones' art and I thought her writing on Lady Killer, I don't know if you read that, was very good. Um, I sort of suspected that as a writer she might be hampered by all the tight ty- the fact that Catwoman is subservient to Batman in terms of not not as a person, but subservient as a comic book to the Batman timeline and everything.
1: Yeah. Well, I certainly can see how she is trying to break out of that for for that character with this i mean because this is a fully realized character uh, with her own life her own ambitions um not that we haven't seen that before in in the Catwoman character but boy i think joelle jones has a a very distinct and um specific view of this character and what you can do with her
0: One other, I guess, positive thing I wanted to say about DC before we talk about their future is all the little interesting side things they do, like when they do their Looney Tunes crossovers. I really enjoyed this Porky Pig meets Lex Luthor crossover. Um, I also got the Catwoman and Tweety Bird by Gail Simone. It was less successful, but still fun. They're having this weird side Batman story with Kelly Jones art, and I can't resist his art. My daughter just came home. You wanna say hi? We're live on the air. You're
2: live. Yeah, I finally get to be on while well, while it's live.
0: <laughs> She's hoping her cuteness factor will improve my uh, views. I think that, that would be I true.
2: Think my cuteness factor will like, improve the views.
0: And and they have fun with things like Batman sixty six meets Archie. They're always doing these fun side things, which yeah, also like makes me really like crossover,
2: to see it. like the fun kind of crossover.
0: Right. Uh, you and I are reading Supergirl. What do you think of no, the current I, I Supergirl? I
2: really like the Supergirl now that um, the author has of the comic has changed.
0: We didn't like Steve Orlando's run on Supergirl. Yeah. And so now it's Mark Andraco. There's only been two issues so far. and she's, But
2: I have really liked them. And it
0: has crypto in it, which has been really great.
2: Yeah, also she's traveling in a spaceship, not... Um,
0: not flying through space, which we find it a little unrealistic to be able to fly light years through space, especially when you're powered by the yellow sun.
2: (laughs) Yeah. She also has to have this special suit that picks up like yellow sun energy. Right. Can convert the rays of other
0: suns. Yeah. So, so far we're, we're liking that it is kind of subservient to the Bendis Bat, uh, Superman storyline.
2: Yeah, No, uh, it's actually pretty
0: good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, do I have it right here? It's uh, it's got very nice art. By yeah, no, uh, what's his name?
2: I like the I like the I like this cover, but right. this cover is kind that of that cover was by a different I artist than like the interior artist.
0: Yeah, but they never that costume isn't actually on the inside. Which yeah, is funny. I love the way Crypto looks in. By yeah. uh, is it Kevin Maguire? Yeah, Kevin Maguire's crypto is awesome.
2: Yeah, he draws dogs better than humans. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and uh, and oh, and they've been doing fun things like Snagglepuss. That's over now, but I ended up really liking that after having some doubts about it when it started out.
2: Yeah, and um, uh, so I think crypto. I was just telling Dad that I think crypto looks like a white Labrador. So.
0: So maybe a Kryptonian white lab.
2: Yeah, the white Labrador. That's a thing.
1: Just to touch on Supergirl. Uh, now that I've heard you talk about this, I I feel like I missed out on not not uh, ordering those issues. Does Maddie like Supergirl? No, she's not really been in, into uh, the the super characters. She's been more into the the, the Bat Team. Right. Harley Quinn's her favorite.
0: Yeah, whereas Harley Quinn there's the comics have a little bit too much of an edge for us. Yes.
1: Um, yes. I I she, she does she not loves read Harley those. Harley Quinn
0: on the um, DC Superhero Girls.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And and the Suicide Squad movie. I think that's really what kind of launched her love of that character. Uh, my
0: daughter's afraid of seeing these live action movies. She's worried about blood and other things. Yeah. So she's she's a delicate flower. Um, well, yeah, so I, I don't know. I feel I feel like DC's kept me going even though it's maybe its main superhero line has struggled a bit with as rebirth has faded.
1: Well, speaking of Supergirl, um, you know the 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 300 pound gorilla in the room, you know, what what do you think of Benice's Superman? I've just given up on it, really. Um, okay, It's not bad. It's not great
0: it's just there and um for me have you been reading it yeah
1: yeah
0: um so i gave up on action with action number three and Superman number three ah uh-huh. okay okay I, I i enjoyed the man of steel miniseries you know with caveats so i was willing to keep going and then it it really started to lose my interest somehow on action superman what are what are your thoughts on it
1: uh, I probably, from the sounds of it, I probably enjoyed the Man of Steel miniseries less than you did. Uh-huh. The Superman focus on the Rogel Czar thing, I am not liking that, uh, pretty much at all. It's the Action Comics title that I'm actually enjoying a little bit more because it's focused on more on the Clark Kent character, right. the supporting Metropolis cast, Metropolis, and yes. everything. Yeah, so I like that
0: it doesn't line up with the events of Superman where the negative no, no, <laughs> zone is poisoning everybody and all of that.
1: Yeah, that's true. Yeah.
0: Which was an interesting concept, but somehow the delivery of it didn't grab me very much.
1: Mm.
0: So I am a little curious, like about the lowest lane thread in action. And I like the idea of this cartel of villains, of regular non-powered villains who manage to keep themselves secret from Superman. Um, that's interesting to me, but somehow it just, it didn't grab me and I'm reading too many other comics and I loved this, both Superman books before Bendis started them. So that's, that also is,
1: the, yeah, I think that's the huge problem was that they were just kicking it like crazy, uh, on those, on those, the, 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 previous runs of the Superman books. And then those writer artist teams were kicked off in favor of Bendis coming in. Cause he wanted to do, he wanted to do Superman. Right, and he wants to work with these these artists, right? And you know, I, I get that. I mean, that happened back in the '80s, post crisis, with John Byrne.
0: Right, and I think it's happened a lot over the years. Anytime some big person says, "Hey, I'm interested in this,"
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: but I think DC maybe in that overhyped excitement of Dan Didio made too big a deal out of Bendis. Bendis is a good writer, but I don't think he stands, you know as a giant above everyone else. And so I think they should have just treated him as another one of their good writers and looked for the best places to use him. That's my opinion.
1: I I, I have to disagree with a little little bit because I read a bunch of his Marvel stuff. Yeah. Daredevil, Avengers, New Avengers, especially, uh, Spider-Man, some Spider-Man stuff. I think he does very well with certain characters or concepts. What I'm not seeing though, is that same skill that I've read over the last 10 years or so when he was at Marvel and his own work, his own creator own work here with Superman. I'm not sure why that is. And you know, and just like any artist, and I mean that, you know, actual artists, um, uh, like the people who draw the comics, um, their styles change over time or can change, right? And So that happens with writers as well. And so I think he's trying, he's, Venice is simply just trying to find his way in the DC universe. The problem is, is that he's doing it on, you know, the only other character that he could have taken on that was higher profile would be Batman. And for whatever reason, you know, he didn't want to do it or DC wanted to keep the team that were on it. Yeah. Um, So I I don't know, maybe if he'd done something else, some other character, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. You know, we're Monday, mo- uh, Monday morning quarterbacking here, but... <laughs> he
0: has just started a Batman story in that Walmart exclusive oh, right. issue number mm-hmm. three of Batman. I don't know why they didn't start it with number one. but issue. So I bought issue one and two thinking he'd be in there, and he wasn't. <laughs> and so I have bought issue three, and I haven't read it yet. And it has art by one of my new favorite artists, Nick Darrington, who did the recent Doom Patrol. So I'm really interested to see that combination. Yeah, I'm I'm looking
1: forward to the the collections of those stories.
0: I'm not saying that Bendis was bad or just another writer on Daredevil and Avengers and Ultimate Spider-Man, but I'm saying that I would guess that when he got those, it was because he was building his way up to those things. He was part of the team. He was not like, here comes King Kong, let's let him sit wherever he wants. Yes. And so I think the being... Being treated as that important may not be good for him, and not as good for the fans. Okay, so uh, you, He may be making a lot of money from it.
1: I'm sure. <laughs> apparently,
0: apparently, they so paid you, him a lot up front, but and now they're regretting it. <laughs> so that was a rumor. Sorry, that was just a rumor from oh, Bleeding yeah. Cool, so I shouldn't yeah. probably repeat that.
1: <laughs> so, so you're touching on the the very thing that I wanted to 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 come to or come back to. This comics has always had that, and I think. Perhaps DC more than Marvel say has have uh, has often done this, where like I mentioned John Byrne earlier when he took over Superman post Crisis, you know that was a big deal. John Byrne coming to DC, and so now flash forward thirty years, thirty five years, whatever it is, now we got the same thing with Bendis, right? Right. Uh, although I will say I think I think John Byrne was much more successful initially than than what I'm seeing out of Bendis here. I would agree. Yeah, but. So you've got Bendis. Uh right now, you know, since we we're talking, you know, uh post-rebirth or this weird state that DC's in right now. Uh, you've got Bendis, you've got Tom King on Batman, you've got Snyder, and I'm and I am talking about writers here, so right. I, I'm yeah. not trying to diss the artist at all, but but the focus from DC itself seems to be on the writers for these particular titles. So you got Tom... Tom King, you've got uh, Scott Snyder now on the justice league books. There was, Oh, and then you also have Jeff Johns in a much, in a different tier, but, but still charting some sort of course for the future of DC comics via the doomsday clock series. Right. So what, what, what occurred to me was that we have kind of this, uh, it's, it's a bit of cult of personality. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe that's, that's what, perhaps what we're reacting to.
0: Yeah, and sometimes that's a good thing. I mean, I think it's working out well with Tom King. They are bringing back Grant Morrison. um, Again, because you have... I I think they're going to be previewing it in every issue this week and maybe the next few weeks. Um, And I think they might preview it in DC Nation also. Um, So I think they are... They're focusing on bringing in the big guns. Marvel maybe is going... Part of what marvel does right now is bring in people who haven't done comics before like ta-nehisi coats and some other people and kind of that's kind of their thing sometimes as a way to get hype but i feel like dc's double downing on on top creators with established track records in comics and you know, it, including uh, the artists too having brian hitch um i think the uh What's his name? Liam Liam Sharp. They're making a big deal about Liam Sharp on mm-hmm. on Green Lantern, along with with Grant Morrison. And so I'm pretty excited about Grant Morrison really coming back into the DC universe. Yes, yeah, me too. Uh, so that's one of the things I'm very excited about.
1: Mm-hmm. Now, related to that, I mean, I don't know, cult of personality applies here, but you know, in in the DC Nation, you have the the Wonder Woman announcement. Um, well, focus. Yes. And with G Willow Wilson coming over from Marvel another person to do wonder who Woman,
0: has this now really good track record as a writer
1: Kelly Sue DeConnick is doing Aquaman That's the weirdest one actually And it is it is really weird <laughs> I
0: wonder what her Aquaman concept is I would have thought you would use Kelly Sue DeConnick She's also going to be doing one of these um black label ones I can't remember which one she's doing in black label maybe Wonder Woman I would think you would use Kelly Sue DeConnick for um, shorter projects, because um, I think where she sells really well is in trades. I think she has a huge audience in trades for both of her image comics. So I, th- I think it—I think she may be less a celebrity writer amongst the buyers of regular superhero floppies. But I, I, mean, I could be wrong in that analysis.
1: No, I, th- I think you're right.
0: So I kind of that's the one I predict won't sell well just because I don't think the combination of her and Aquaman is gonna get that many regular buyers excited
1: or it's a sleeper hit. Yeah.
0: I don't know if I'll try <laughs> that one, will you?
1: Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I like Kelly sue uh, as a as a personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, every time i I see her at a con or or uh, you know I follow her on 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 Twitter she's she's an amazing person. Uh, what I've read of her work though, I've, I, it's, it's hit or miss, uh, right. for me.
0: I, there's something in her writing style that I have a problem with. I think it, it's almost, it's not the level of concreteness that I want or something, mm. uh, to her, I don't know. It's hard for me to put my finger on it, but there's something where I'm going like, this is for someone else when I read it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just in terms of its story structure or something.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But it is kind of like, I'll be interested to see what people say about Aquaman and given my access to tons of shops, if after an issue or two of her on Aquaman, people say this is fascinating, I can run out and get the issues. Um, So I'll be paying close attention to that. But I'm I'm putting Willa Wilson's Wonder Woman on my list right away. I'm jumping on Green Lantern um, and I'm already, you know, super excited now. I, I'm always wary about Brian Azarello. Sometimes I love him. Sometimes I'm totally disinterested. But I've read this first issue of um, Damned, and you know, just the silly controversy aside, I thought it was a really cool comic. A really cool, great art, great writing. Um, a, a slightly different take on Batman that I've seen before. So I'm I'm really interested in this. I think it's only three issues. And it's making me more psyched for the other black label comics, so it's doing its work.
1: Well, that's good to hear because i i wasn't I wasn't sold on the black label stuff. Um, again, going back to what I how I started this conversation with you, uh, I, I don't, I'm not into the the dark, gritty stuff. Right. Right. And uh, as much I, mean, I appreciate
0: I yeah, so, kinds of stories like if, that, but... if you're not in a dark, gritty mood, don't read this. This is full bore, yeah. let's gritty. It, but it throws in a l- interesting supernatural touches. Let me say that, since you haven't read it, that I think okay. make it give it an extra interesting edge.
1: But but see, but Azarello and Bermejo on on uh, doing the book though is would be normally would be a draw for me. Yeah. But uh, the the fact that they they promoted it as you know more mature superhero stuff is like mm, I don't. It's yeah. not that's just not what I want to read right now.
0: Yeah, well, I'm so I'm pretty excited about the black. I'm I feel like I'm dra- going to be dragging
1: you kicking and screaming to continue
0: reading D.C.
1: <laughs> well, no, no, you, do, you, you don't have to do that. So I uh, I've I've been reading D.C. comics since 1978 and and I there have just been, you know, it, it's cyclical. Right. So sometimes I, you know, I get like a bajillion books and then sometimes I get, you know, two. Right. <laughs> It just depends on on my mood. Who's doing what? You know, it's like the Kelly Sue DeConnick on Aquaman. It, Aquaman's never really been a character I care about, but I would read. There you go. I would read. Um, I would read a good Aquaman story. Right. It, I do like the right, art here, human. the picture. Yeah, but I can't remember who Robson Roca is. I recognize the name, but I just I can't think of what that artist That's has done. That's
0: a very good splash page <laughs> there's water splashing
1: everywhere since well since we're since we're throwing out the dc nation stuff i don't, yes. you know that this this is these are characters from uh the most recent issue of sideways that i read which is i think seven so eight. i have to
0: confess i've been buying sideways but i haven't read it since issue ah. 3 i've been meaning to catch up so that picture that you showed there has me kind of excited
1: And then here's here's the other page that they, where they show. So these, so, you know, I I mentioned the, uh, the seven soldiers of victory, Grant Morrison stuff tie in. Well, they're also doing these silver age um, characters, new, new takes on these silver age type characters, right? You know, the, the red ant Superman, uh, the, 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 the porcupine Jimmy Olsen, the werewolf Jimmy Olsen, you know, things like that, that we haven't seen probably.
0: I love that stuff now. I've kind of grown to love it because I hated it as a kid. But
1: so I, I love it when DC plays around with stuff like that for sure. And, yeah. and even even uh, you know I, I just <laughs> decried the dark nature of of DC right now. It seems the the zeitgeist of DC is let's let's go darker. But um, even though in that sideways issue number eight where that where this stuff is introduced the uh and those character concepts are a bit darker because it is the it is the dark knight's metal what what, is it the dark universe i I forget what they call it but um they're still it's you know because they're playing around with those silver age concepts it's still fun in a sense
0: yeah well that's why i stuck with sideways although i i just let it slip because i got too many comics but even though it wasn't perfect, it's felt fun. It had a fun character. Maybe some of the fun was being stolen from Spider-Man, but nevertheless,
1: yeah, it's it's, it's certainly not your mama's Spider-Man.
0: Maybe they're seducing Grant Morrison to come in and write Sideways. That would be cool. <laughs> or if he and Dan Didio I, co-wrote it.
1: I tell you what, if if Morrison had done Sideways with Kenneth Rocafort as as he started out on the art with this book that i think that book would just would have just exploded
0: so that's the one one that the artist stuck with it sideways roquefort was there from the start right
1: uh i think there have been some other artists and a few issues but because the art does or the book does suffer when roquefort isn't doing it i see in my opinion I was a little, I
0: read the um, interview with, uh, with Willa Wilson about Wonder Woman, and she didn't really say a lot. And it made me a little nervous. Like maybe, I mean, she's a great writer, so I, I still will try it. But I didn't know if she really had a great idea yet. And I think part of the problem with Bendis is despite all this hype about how I had to read Superman, I don't feel like he has a clear vision of this is my Superman and this is what I want to present.
1: See, that's funny because I would say he has a very clear vision of what he wants to do. It's just not necessarily what we want working with, with what we think of the character.
0: Right. Well, to me, it feels scattershot and all over the place. Got all these elements and I think he's hoping to bring them all together. Mm
1: -hmm. Well, and that's one of his strengths though. He, he does that. He'll he'll present what is, what is uh, potentially uh, from the outside looking in looks like, Uh, a fragmented story, but then all those things, all those uh, um, plots and everything kind of weave together in the end. And you, and he really normally can really punch you with a good story.
0: Yeah. Well, time will tell. And that again is something I can come revisit someday. Um, I just did not get going from man of steel to action to Superman. It didn't feel that consistent to me as a character. Mm But maybe that's just me. So, well, I guess that, you know, it's... My excitement is the Black Label, Grant Morrison coming back, G. Willow Wilson, um, that some of these recent books are starting to get good for me, like uh, Justice League Dark and The Terrifics, if The Terrifics lasts.
1: Well, I think what DC should always do, what any... any you know, DC, Marvel, any any entity like that, a corporate entity producing entertainment media like this, they need to focus on simply creating good stories. I mean, Dan DiDio basically was saying that That's in his right. introduction, right? And not be so focused on the event, the big yeah. E event, right? Or the things coming out of the big E events. I would just, I would really wish they would not yes. even do the events anymore and just within the continuity of the books themselves tell good stories bring characters in tie them together somehow or in whatever ways they want to but but have it happen organically instead of like this i keep picking on metal right. have this metal thing and then suddenly justice league is this entirely different thing now because of the events of that or you know the source wall breaking or whatever i agree with you 100% and that i think even, even if an
0: event is good, it's um, the, the fallout from it can often be bad because then other creators have to pick up on it. They're forced to change directions. I also dislike it when, like, say, with Superman, that Supergirl is now subservient to the Superman storyline. She can only uh, act within the limits that Brian Michael Bendis has set out, but another writer has to do that. So that writer does not have freedom to just say what is best for my character. So right now we're having fun reading Supergirl, but she's off trying to solve the mystery of Rogel Czar. And I kind of assume she will only get a piece of the mystery, bring it back to Superman, and Superman will put it all together. And Mm -hmm. so what she's done will be secondary. Yeah. And that's why I dropped Catwoman. And I might have been wrong to do that, but I was worried that she is being forced to work towards something that will bring Catwoman back to Batman.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and how you just described Supergirl is the reason I didn't pick it up because I was not interested in the the mystery of Rokhul I just do right. not care about that that one major element that Bendis introduced to the Superman mythos. Yeah, he's not
0: a stunning supervillain and the the focus on him was one of the problems. But at the same time, right at the moment, Beatrix and I or Quacking Duck and I are having fun flying around in space with Supergirl and Crypto. I mean, that's good kid stuff, so as long as that lasts, I'm okay with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, But I'll as a uh, more adult analysis of it, um, I w- just wish Supergirl had a, her own identity more um, mm-hmm. as, a, as a comic book, not as a person. I mean, she has an identity as a person. Pretty, uh, and Draco so far is doing that well enough.
1: I, I, I was I wanna touch on something else. So despite what I just said about about uh, uh DC should focus on, you know, the characters and telling good stories, uh, something you said made me think. There can be, though, an argument for uh these events shaking things up, that sort of that chaotic nature of, ooh, right. things are different now, so we can we can go tell different stories. So yeah. it's it's more of a springboard or an excuse to try different things. And despite the fact that I think more recently they haven't succeeded for me, mm-hmm. uh, I do appreciate them trying right. instead of, instead of just doing the same old, same old month in, month out, you know, for 80 years, you know, they, they are trying to shake things up. And, and I, that's why I do appreciate the um, uh, outlook, his energy. Uh, like I said, things don't land always. I mean, Uh, his, his, there, there was this, um, story that came out some time ago about the reasons behind identity crisis that, uh, you know, depending on who you talk to, it's either one of the best event, uh, miniseries that DC has done in the last 20 years, or it's one of the worst. And, uh, but, but, uh, based on the information that I read, excuse me, Didio wanted to make uh the dc universe a little darker a little more realistic a little more gritty and so i think Uh that's kind of where they that started and so i'm always a little leery when he when he wants to do things like that and at least now maybe they're doing it you know within an imprint the black label stuff that's what i was
0: thinking maybe the black label gives them a place to do that stuff yes
1: and so I, i can ignore it if i if i choose to Right. And, and when and, you're in the mood for in your, when you're in a black mood, you can go black label. Exactly. Exactly. So I, I like that. I like that they're yeah. doing that. I like, oh, speaking of, of, of imprints labels, you know, they, they did, they tried the young animal experiment with uh, Gerard way. Right. And I thought that was a great idea. Let's do more of that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah. Let's have a special label for our really weird stuff. Mm-hmm. I like the idea of different labels and uh, you have a good point about how sometimes events shake things up in an interesting way, but. Maybe it's become too much of a shortcut for them. And, and maybe sometimes they should think about just an event in a single character's life. Like back when I loved Daredevil the most, he had major events in his life that shook up his life, but they weren't universe-wide events. You don't need a universe-wide event to refresh a comic book. Yeah, You didn't have a big event in a character's life. Um, as we all have those in our own real lives, like the birth of a granddaughter or the death of a parent and all of those things um, that I know you and I have gone through. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Um, Samuel Trejo asks, will there be a few Black Black Label books? So it's a max line. So I think Black Label is a place to produce really graphic novels, I think. Because those kind of adult graphic novels tend to be evergreen sellers, you know, going back to Watchmen and, and that. So they bring in, my understanding is they bring in hot writers. They're going to have a Frank Miller once, Kelly Sue DeConnick, Brian Azzarello now, and, and some others. Let them just do a short project that's adult. I don't know if they'll all be, all be in that oversized format. But the, it's only this one is only three issues, so I assume it, it's going to come out in a nice trade, and will sell f- hopefully for a long time in the book market. So that's what I think Black Label's about, and they're also st- going to be starting up soon a real kids label. So um, where they'll do a kids version of the DC universe.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, see that exactly. That's the kind of stuff I, I I like about what they're what they're attempting to do. I, I it's kind of it it might come across as a bit haphazard because it seems like they're just kind of throwing stuff at the wall and seeing what sticks. And it's like, well, that doesn't work well. We'll move on to something else. But they kind of have to do that with, with the, with a changing uh, customer base, uh, trying to get into different markets. The book market I know is a, a huge thing that DC and Marvel keep trying to get into uh, where other, other publishers have been a lot more successful. Um, you know, just the changing times and how, when you can go to a movie theater now and watch the equivalent of a miniseries on the big screen with real actors with great special effects, why do you want to read a $4 comic? You <laughs> no, know, I twice a month. <laughs> but, right, right. But I mean, you know, the general public. But they is like that.
0: many audiences to serve in a yes, sense. Yes,
1: exactly. And, exactly.
0: you know, the comics that kind of formed a lot of people like us were written to be read by a generation of readers that lasted 3 years. Right. And now they have to deal with readers who, la- who are reading their whole lifetime, plus they need to deal with the new readers and the casual readers and I think it's a very tricky thing and I think DC's doing a good job of exploring a lot of different ways to attack that. Yeah, yeah. I, I would I think- like to see the main DC universe like I do wish Jeff Johns had finished that project in the rebirth first rebirth issue. Sooner, I would like to see the main universe be consistent and then mm. have these other labels for the inconsistent things. Like I, yeah. I used to love Elseworlds, but then at the same time, I want to go back to the pleasure of a world where Hawkman and Batman's stories fit under the same roof and yes. it all makes sense.
1: Yeah. I, I had a similar thought as well. And, you know, just have one book per title or, or uh, sorry, per character. Right. So you have a Wonder Woman, one Superman, one Batman. And then if you want to tell these other different stories, do a miniseries, series, do do it as an imprint, do do Else Worlds, you know, whatever. Yeah. So that we get this great variety of characters and stories and and uh you know that could that could uh be successful for us old fogies, uh newer readers, kids why not? I, yeah. So it seems like they're kind of doing that. They're trying to do it. They're trying to figure it out at the very least. So I appreciate that. I think that's one of my problems
0: with the dark Knight metal. Cause it seemed to want to be both. Mm. It wanted to be a separate label, but it wanted to somehow tie back into the regular continuity. I think if they just made it in else worlds and left it at that, I would have been a little happier, but um, you know, yeah, it's working out okay. I'm liking some of the stuff like Justice League Dark that is supposedly coming out of it. But, um. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, I feel good that I we're 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 both optimistic about DC.
1: Yes, I, well, yeah, I, I I tend not to be a okay. I'll I'll let you in a little secret, Damien. I tend to be a more of a, a glasses half empty kind of personality.
0: Really? See, I, you hide that well
1: except where it comes to comics oh, okay. where I'm, I'm very positive and very optimistic about where things could go and, or, 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 are going. Um, I don't, I don't, I love, you know, I'm obviously I do a podcast. I, I talk with people like you. I go to comic cons. I read a bajillion books all the time. I got a bunch of stuff in my, my comic boxes from 35 years ago to now. I love it so much. Um, but I also don't, I'm not as tied to continuity, for example. Right. I, I, it's not precious to me. It's, it's wonderful. And I, I know I can always go revisit it. I just all got to do is pull out a, an old back issue or a set of issues and re-experience that through, through aged eyes. But I don't care that things are different now than they were when I was a kid. Because you have to evolve. You have to change. Otherwise, your audience is going to quit following you. And then where will we be if we don't have a DC comics? I will be a very sad boy. (laughs) And I think that's why I like in my
0: 47th year of reading comics uh, like DC better than Marvel because I, I can't let go of the idea of the Marvel continuity that I knew as a kid, but DC translates easier into different iterations.
1: Mm. And do you, do you think it's because they, they've all done all these reboots over the years? Is that part of it? Partially,
0: and because they had a history of their first 30 or 40 years, there wasn't too much continuity. That's true. And so their characters gained a mythic status before they gained a human status. Mm -hmm. And the humanity came later. I like the humanity, but it came later. And so it doesn't feel as bad when there's different versions of Superman as when there are different versions of Peter Parker. Peter Parker seems more specific and Superman can embody different things at different times more easily, at least for me. Um, no, I think that's that's a good view. Marvel's still very popular, and I'm glad it is, but it just doesn't work as well for me. So, yeah. And I think that's a problem for Marvel because they really, their identity was based on this shared universe. DC can kind of use the shared universe when it is a good thing to do and marvel feels kind of stuck with it and when they try to shake free of it 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 feels wrong to a lot of the readers including myself um but maybe i'll get past that someday and i do read some marvel just a lot less than dc see
1: that's 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 interesting that's that's a very interesting point because i don't i haven't while i my very first comics were marvel comics I quickly, for some whatever reason, gravitated more towards the DC right. characters, and so you I
0: started reading. I'm sorry, you started reading right when DC was hitting its stride, I think, in yeah, the early eighties, right before, yeah, exactly. Or right, yeah. maybe you started right before,
1: yeah, yeah, just just you know a couple of years before things just kind of exploded for DC. Um, so I I don't have that connection as much uh, as say perhaps yourself uh, to Marvel. I mean I've read a lot of Marvel stuff over the years, but I just don't have that same kind of connection. So it's interesting to hear that viewpoint.
0: Yeah, I mean the, the thing is when I started reading in 1971, um, you know, I'd read these exciting Marvel comics full of character and texture, and then I'd read a DC comic and it was just about a character solving a problem through a supposedly clever way. Yeah. And <laughs> That's you know, a there great wasn't of going DC. On. And then the next issue just started <laughs> all over with no reference to the last issue. Right. And, you know, it was okay if I had no other comic to read, but if I had a Marvel comic, I would read that first. And then I think even in the late 70s, you could see a lot of, like, uh, I think even Marv Wolfman, even before he started Teen Titans, was moving over to DC and a few other, Roy Thomas. And so you could see DC struggling to add more character to their characters. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it really gelled around the time Marv Wolfman and George Perez came out with the Teen Titans, I think. Yeah. So, and, you know, it's also just right now, I think the DC leadership is better than the Marvel leadership that, uh, I think a lot of Marvel leadership is hidden from us. I don't think the editor in chief is the person making all these weird choices about prices and events and other things as much as it would appear. I think it's forced upon them. Mm-hmm. So I think DC has some real people who really care about comics have a lot of control, relatively speaking. So we get more pages, we get better paper cover stock, you know, we get more bang for our buck usually, and uh, the events aren't as painful. (laughs) (laughs) But I'd be happy if, you know, there's Marvel fans out there who could totally uh, counter all of these claims of mine. Yeah. So I think we'll we'll wrap it up there. Any other thoughts that that you wanted to get to that we haven't gotten to?
1: No, I think we pretty much covered every, everything that I was thinking about. Oh, I, I no, I, never mind. I I was I should have talked about this earlier, but so it doesn't really matter now. Um, but uh, I guess just since I bring it up uh, as a comparison to to what I'm getting now, which is what one two three four five six seven eight nine ten no i guess 11 i will be getting um 11 mm, uh whatever monthly or bi month or bi-weekly series yeah. uh once wonder woman and green lantern start coming out so compare that to what i started out with with rebirth which was i got you know through through so many issues i got all of the batman related titles all of the superman wonder woman titles all of the justice league titles in addition to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven other titles that came out after rebirth started, you know, so and I got through, you know, at least two or three up to, you know, six or seven issues of those before I dropped them. So it's I'm in a for for me, it's I'm in a weird state and new 52, I tried everything at least at least yeah. one issue of everything. And now I'm, like I say, I'm now I'll be down to just 11 books. So it's, it's, I went right through that pattern, plan. but I feel
0: my number of DC books rising up again. Mm-hmm. And with, with New 52, same thing. For the first year of New 52, I got an enormous amount, and then it slowly dwindled to the point where they did that that event comic that allowed them to move to the, the other coast. Um, I forgot oh, what it was. Convergence. Sorry? Convergence. Convergence. At the time of Convergence, I almost dropped most of my DC. <laughs> and then came back with rebirth. So, <laughs> yeah, I think it's also just gonna always be that way, where it gets good and then you kind of drop off, and then it gets good again. Sure, I, I'm just sure. accepting I just, that. Pattern. I just
1: hope they don't they don't rely on a rebirth like situation to try and drive up sales. That's that's where they fail. Right. And well, and rebirth very successfully. If they're yeah. looking at
0: their books, they look at that first year of rebirth, that first year of New Fifty Two. They made a lot of money. So it must be tempting to them but so I'm hoping this sort of soft redo that they're doing now where they're just sort of infusing new books in and not dropping everything and and as we said kind of focusing on these star writers a bit hopefully that works for them and they'll be happy with that and they won't you know do a total reboot again. Yes, exactly.
1: That's that's probably a great way to end the conversation too. Yeah.
0: Big thanks to Eric for coming on. I uh, hope to do many more conversations.
1: Yeah, thanks if, you for don't, coming.
0: if you haven't checked out Longbox Reviews podcast, be sure to do that. When I go back and add a description, I will put a link to, to his webpage for that because it's got a lot of great content going on there. A lot of different, interesting discussions. Thank you. <laughs> okay, bye-bye.
1: Bye, Damien.